Welcome to Inside Out with Turner and Self. Listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And we are at Diamond Street Studios with one of our favorite Atlanta musicians. This gentleman is Atlanta through and through. He was born here and he flew here on the off night of a Beacon Theater run of one of his bands called the Tedeschi Trucks Band. He also fronts the Wolf Pack and he's a member of Whose Hat Is This? He's an amazing saxophone player, the improvisationally magnificent Kebby Williams. Hello, thank you. Thanks for being here, man. And one of the things that's most indicative of how Atlanta you are is the music in the park. Now, this you're, you're the, the brain trust behind this. Is that correct? That is correct. That is right. What was the initial kernel? What was the, the first uh, thing that set you off in the direction? Well, the initial kernel would be Bruce Hampton. That is. <laughs> I always, that always pops up. I wonder why that word pops uh, up. Yeah, yeah. Who babysat me, by the way, when I was a baby. Are you serious? <laughs> he did. Because him and my dad are friends. They were like on a comedy scene together, like because uh, my dad's a musician also. And, and your uncle was in the Commodores. And my uncle. We'll get to him. Yeah, exactly. He was in the Commodores. But uh, my dad played with the guy, Jerry Farber, back in the day. And they were all on the same scene with Bruce. And it's kind of like a comedy music. Like huh. they play well, and tell sense. jokes, you know? And so anyway. Is there any uh, <laughs> any tapes or anything of that you got? I bet Jerry Farber got, has some. Dig some up. Yeah. Dig some up. We'll put them out here. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah, totally. And Music in the Park is to support uh, younger musicians and also to provide an, an entertainment area for, for musicians to come to Atlanta, correct? Exactly. So it started by accident. Um, I, I won a grant from the city, an individual artist award, to do something, to do anything I wanted to do. And it was, I think it was for like $4,000. And I could have paid a trio heftily and had a nice gig, you know, but uh, I decided to do something bigger with uh, an orchestra. And it wasn't, my initial idea wasn't kids. It was just like, I wanted an orchestra. Um, and then when I went to go to the symphony orchestra to hire orchestra, they were like, yeah, union is $1 million. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I didn't have it. 4000 wouldn't cover an orchestra. No. So uh, I was just like, oh, well, let's just ask some students to do it. And then when they when the kids came just by accident, it was amazing because they played along the pros. And um, a lot of times the pros forget how awesome it is to give because we're thinking about I'm a, I'm a genius, my career, my artistic vision, my ha ha. And you don't even think about the future of art as the, the as a whole, like how art can could maybe die. Like I mean, of course it can't, but you know. If anybody complains about art sucking, maybe you know, there's not enough give back going on. Um, and anyway, so the pros were fed by the kids being in their energy and love to see us made us like it and lifted us. And then the community was in, was lifted because they heard music that is not usually played in, in those hoods. Like ten, this is our ninth year. 
like 10 years ago in our neighborhood, I mean, you can, you can hear music out of cars, but any kind of live show would have probably been like rap or reggae or something like that. You know, they weren't hearing a orchestral jazz kind of thing like we were doing. And it was free for the community. I mean, we had homeless people crying like, oh my God, I never heard this before. Like, So the community really loved it. The kids loved it being next to us. And then we loved it given to the kids so it was just this is all west end right all in the west West end now for those that aren't in atlanta the west end is totally developing out now in a a lot of way i mean just a lot of new apartment complex a lot of new life there a lot of new business etc but um but the west end's very special to you and and this is what's taking place there that's right yeah i had all my kids were born there my son's 13 i've been there like 15 years so when i got 15 years ago it was really different uh and uh, I think, you know, our efforts, too, I can see how our efforts help the neighborhood as well, because we always like trying to be out. If anything's happening, we're trying to do something positive through arts. And that's kind of what Music in the Park is all about, like community, like helping to change the community through arts. And so, now, this is a big year for Music in the Park, too, because now it's moving, it's moving locations and tying in with the Beltline. That's right. That's right. We're doing a couple of new initiatives. We're actually going to Berlin in 2022. Oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Uh, we're doing food drives now where we have music, you know, out. And we're also giving away groceries to the community. So that's new. That was uh, the, uh, we did one of those with Positive Legacy tied in on that a couple months ago around the Dead & Company. Uh, and that was great. People just came by. It's all produce and uh, stuff that, you know, the farmer's market couldn't get, they were going to throw away essentially or had to get rid of. So it's just, here's a bag and just take as much as you want. And just, it's a nice feeling. People are like, wait, what? They pull up. You're just like having a, have my son holding, you know, a bunch of the kids holding signs out there and you know, free food. And people come in and they just pull off a bunch of, you know, fresh veggies and, you know, and not only is it, Free food, but it's really healthy food too. Yeah, so yeah. that was that's a nice thing. So music. This is the ninth year of the concerts, right? Ninth years of the yeah the the, the festival, the big annual festivals that we do. October seventeen, eighteen, eighteen, nineteen, eighteen, nineteen. It used to be in April, right? Yeah. It used to be one day, right? What would you give us just to set a contrast? What was? Do you remember the first one? The first ones, the first ones were beautiful, and, and then we just got rained out. We've been rained out like five out of eight times oh. in April. April showers, of course, yeah. <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it was in the park. First, it was just one show in the park uh, with with three, uh, like three acts or something like that. And then we expanded it to we did it twice a year. Then so we did one. In April, and then we did one in September when the Beltline first began to do art on the Beltline. We did the first one. And Real quick, for people who aren't in Atlanta, the Beltline is a walking, biking path that's eventually going to be a circle inside the city, and it's a fantastic. It, a whole social area and uh, businesses have sprung up around it. Yeah, it's amazing. Time. Yeah, the Atlanta Beltline, is, and they have an initiative called Art on the Beltline, so every year they do a big art-themed uh, event. And we actually did the first one uh and it, I think that was like the first year we did music in the park was the first year they did art on the bell lines. So we've always helped them, but this year is like a collaboration proper, like, you know, so we're like teaming up, partnering to do the one big show. So our main annual event is going to be partnering with their big annual event. And we moved it to October. And, so. and for those that are listening that want to, you know, they can't make it or want to you know help out and be a part of it you can actually make a donation by texting music in the park to 243725 simple rob get out your phone rob's getting out his phone 
No, no, he has a rotary phone. This is ridiculous, Rob. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> okay. So those who don't use rotary phones, 243-725. Go ahead and text Music in the Park. And there's uh, some raffle items there like uh, D- Derek Trucks uh, and Susan Tedeschi Band, Trucks Tedeschi, a pair of tickets to any show of your choice, as well as who else do we have on there? Uh, we have uh, two tickets to a Dave Matthews show, two tickets to... Uh Gary Clark Jr. show. Nice. Two tickets to a Snarky Puppy show. Love Snarky Puppy. Uh, two tickets to Dead & Co. show. This is all of your choice. So you pick the show of your choice. You get to go. Uh, it's like $20 for a couple entries. Uh, you get, it's a Check it out again, 243-725, Music in the Park. And there's also one really cool thing where you're hosting a farm-to-table dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. Limited seating, sold only by, I think, 20 spots or so. Yeah, yeah, with special sh- uh, chef and special music, like really high-end uh experience from farm to table, right out of the farm into your mouth and music and everything as well. And a bass guitar signed by O'Teal. That's right. And is there a guitar signed by Derek? And a guitar signed by Derek and Susan. Yeah. So again, These are all your choices and of options of what you want to bid on. So like, oh, I, you want to go to a Gary Clark show, then you just click on that and you put 20 bucks in and you can get VIP tickets. You can get a chance to win the VIP tickets. Everyone's a winner <laughs> yeah. because you're going to be contributing to music in the park. Right. Yes, and this exactly. year's version, as you said, is in October. Do you know the dates off the top of your head? 18 and 19. And you have Nicholas Payton. Oh, yeah. You're bringing yeah, Nicholas Payton. I'm so jealous about here. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Well, the well, actual young show is going to be amazing. You can't call him a young lion <laughs> No, anymore, we can't. Though. No, I saw him. He's an OG lion. Middle-aged lion. Okay, OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Nicholas Payton is one of the greatest <clears throat> trumpeters alive. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you all remember Roy Hargrove, you mm-hmm. know, he just passed and and uh Nicholas is a peer of Roy and they came out around the same time and Nicholas was just as uh impactful as as Roy as far as the trumpet world con- is concerned. He's like top top notch. So we're really honored to have him. It's an honor to have him with. I mean, yeah. to be honest, you know, if I was a kid I would love to hear Nicholas Payton. I'm old, so. But he's also that type that, like, I saw him when I was in right out of college, and just he's that type that just brings you in. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, so yeah. anyone that's never seen that style of music, when they see him, they're gonna be like, "Let me get on Spotify." And that's right. That's yeah. right. I can't take my eyes off him when he's on stage. Yeah. It's just yeah. Very- Mm-hmm. Is Russell Gunn part of it? And also Russell Gunn. So that's so, our Atlanta boy. Yeah, and he's also you know around the same peer group as uh, Nicholas and Roy, and that same age range. Do you remember Buckshot Lafonk? Yeah, yeah. Brent Marcellus. I mean, he would rip it up. Yeah. And then he played Churchill Down. Wasn't that the name of the place by the Yeah, Fox? it used yeah. to be. Now mm-hmm. there's they do these pop ups with that, but so the vibe's still alive. But yeah, he was. Russell was, he was always there. I, I never, you know, I, I kicked myself though because now that's where the Fox Theater is and now the Fox is their marquee club there. I didn't go to Churchill that often. It was just was too stuffy for me. It felt like... It's expensive. It was expensive, yeah. and it, it felt like more of like the museum vibe of jazz, where the jazz is really good, but you're, that's not, the vibe I had there. Not when Russell played it, didn't, but I, I know what you're saying, but not <laughs> yeah. when Russell was on Well, stage. that's why yeah. I didn't go, though, so I'm kicking through. myself for missing that. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to go to Gallery 992 on Sunday night. Unstuffy, the Ooh. opposite of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's where we went uh, with uh, Jeff Coffin. Yes, yeah. Seth's made an appearance on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but but so yeah, Russell is going to play the Wolf Pack. Is going to play your band? on the, on the on the eighteenth, and that's going to be special. We're bringing in some surprise uh, 
artists with us as well. Uh, it's going to be a massive big band. So the, 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 the big finale piece on the 19th is going to be a massive big band with high school mixed with pros, oh. uh, like three jazz bands together. So you know how you're used to seeing one jazz band, which is big. We have like three together. So I mean like 20 saxes. 15 trombones, 20 trombones. This is the Florida State Marching Chiefs? Yeah, yeah, Marching Jazz Band. <laughs> but yeah, so it's going to be like big. If yeah. you can see my hands, I'm doing a big like, and hand And he's a tall motion. guy. <laughs> so some Duke Ellington in there, maybe? I mean, yeah. Well, the, so the songs are originals written oh, by... Oh, really? Um, Marcus Lewis is our, our composer. He used to live in Atlanta, too. He now lives in neighbor. Kansas. Okay. But he's amazing, and Nicholas and Gunn will be playing, and myself and Mark Wynn Mason and others will be playing. Lots of high power p people will be there, and it's going to be really big time. Uh, both nights, 18th, the, the, the Wolf Pack closes on the 18th, and the 19th is the finale with the massive jazz band group. And then at night, here's some late night shows oh, as well. Oh, yeah, and it gets even better at night. And we have an each night. Jams at the gallery, Gallery 992. That'll go until infinity. That'll just go until... <laughs> they just keep going. Yeah, until the next day, maybe. Musicinthepark.atl.org. Musicinthepark.atl.org for more information. What's the actual location? Uh, You mean like... Uh, the, the venue, where, where it's been. Okay, well, well the, the festival is going to be at Gordon White Park. Gordon White on, Park. On October 18th and 19th. And then the after jams will be at Gallery 992, which is like five blocks away from Gordon White Park. And you can also donate on the website as well. Uh, you can text our raffle or go to the website and, and donate as well. Can we talk about some of your other projects? Um, no sound effect needed? Whose hat is this? Yeah. This is a new thing. Well, you have two records out, though, so, but it's still a relatively new thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it, totally new. It's it's members of TTB. It's Tim, it's Tim LaFay, am I saying it correct? Mm -hmm. Who was on Bowie's Black Star, by the way. Did you know that? I did not know the that. The basis for TTB played on Bowie's last record, which I'd love to interview him about that someday. Yeah, yeah, I would be um, coming back. And the drummers. Um, J.J. Johnson and, and, and Tyler Greenwell. J.J. from Austin. He's uh, part Falcon. of that whole Charlie Sexton... Uh, Grandma world, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and Falcon is Colonel Bruce, and he's Colonel Atlanta. Zoe. Yeah. Colonel Bruce tapped him, and he could play drums. Isn't that sort of what happened? Kind of. No, no, that was, you're thinking of the, you're thinking of Wolf with the bass. That was, that, but Falcon came to Bruce with like a full kit, and then I actually was, I went on tour with him for a minute. Literally got on the bus, my life changed. You know, the van with Bruce, my God. But uh, Bruce would go ahead and tell Falcon every day, walking into the venue, be like, <clears throat> nope, can't take that. And he would start removing a, a piece of his, you know, his gear every day till all he had was a hi-hats, you know, snare and and, and <laughs> bass kick. And that was it. And and he had, and so, I mean, Falcon, he'll, I'm sure he told you those stories, but that's the thing. He got beat, that he got bruised. Yeah, he did. Bruce is, is a university. <laughs> Bruce is a whole university, the higher uh, education. <laughs> so the sax you have today is the same, you use the same one that your dad gave you all those years ago, right? Yeah, my horn is from the 20s. Wow. It's almost 100 years old. I mean, the, the patent says 1914, so the metal was uh, formed 
uh, more than 100 years ago, but the, I think they would sit in the factories until it actually hit the assembly line and it actually became a saxophone in the 20s. Took a long time to, uh, you know, the assembly lines back then, Rob. Do you, you, remember, you remember that, though. Oh, yeah. Back when I was a young boy. Uh, um, but how, how did you get the itch other than your parents? And then how, what point were you like, wow, this is something I could really do for a living for my life? I got the itch being on punishment from TV when I was a kid. I used to be a TV head, TV, 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 and they'd put me on punishment, and I'd go to my room, and I wouldn't have anything but the radio. Right, but and, this is before cell phones, kids. Yeah, this, this is, is what would happen. you become an amazing musician. Yeah, man. That's exactly what happened. I remember being in the room on punishment, mad, and then I heard some music, and I was like, hey, this is amazing. I love this. And then I was like, I don't even need TV anymore. And then my mom had to start putting me on punishment from music. Oh, <laughs> because yeah. I was listening to music. I was you, like, oh, I love music. She'd make you watch bad TV, <laughs> like game shows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but then I, I didn't actually play. That's when I knew I loved music. But I started playing when I was 10. I played sax because my dad played sax and it was easy. And there was an extra one at the house. And my uncle was in a Commodore. So I listened to all those records millions of times. Did you go to the shows? No, I was a kid. Couldn't go. I mean, I guess Commodores is wholesome, but my dad wouldn't want me to go because they want to go out and cat. <laughs> so I couldn't Fair go. <laughs> and how'd you choose Howard University? And tell our listeners why it's such a good jazz program. Oh, yeah. Oh, Howard is awesome. Well, um, I needed to go to a school in the city. I, um, Howard is in D.C., actually. And I, I just. Oops. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't. All of the, a lot of the cool schools are like in some country town somewhere. So I wanted to go to a city, and then D.C. is kind of near New York, and New York didn't really have... They had the schools that were like Juilliard, like big mm-hmm. time, big money, <clears throat> you know. So I uh, I went to Howard, and uh, it was great. It was amazing. How did you make money initially coming out of college? Uh, Well, yeah, I got my master's degree from Howard, and then I went to New York to just do the, the jazz path, and, uh, and then I was on a jazz path, and... I was just like, oh, man. I came back to, my mom got sick, came back to Atlanta and started gigging here. Um, and it was a slow path. I mean, you, how did I get to making money? Well, that's that's a long story. It took a long time. I mean, I guess I got, you know, I got some a couple of lucky gigs, but, I mean, starving artists is real. When I was in New York, I, I was playing, but I wasn't making any money. But uh, you just have to have that dedication and belief and and. and no fear and keep going forward and then all of a sudden it was money it just happened like i was so good then i was i got gigs but at first there were no gigs it's just a lot of trenches heart was donald bird part of that uh yeah well he was gone when i got there but he was our big granddaddy he was always around and donald bird was definitely at howard when did you when did you play with him? Just at school? I played with him afterwards because he he, he wasn't he was teaching school, there. But he was still on the scene. Yeah, he was still on the scene. So I just played with him after. Yeah, it was after I graduated. Actually, I did a gig with him. So that was that was good. Howard actually has a lot of, of great jazz guys like uh, Gary Thomas, Wallace Roney, Jerry Allen. Now they got some of the young guys like the Chris Dave who plays with uh, Robert Glasper and Ray Angry plays with uh, the Roots and. Lots of musicians came through Howard, so it was the, my peers what are what really helped me to develop. And are you writing material for Wolfpack as well? Yeah, that's, you that's guys do covers too, but I mean, you, you do a lot of original, mostly originals, right? Our tubas do covers. We don't really do covers though. We we all the stuff is our stuff that has awesome. been written by us. But now with the covers, TTB, that's where that's. I mean, when your guys are on tour, like uh, 
Or even like when you played with had the whole tray set and lock in, was that a lot of work to, to work all that Hell up material yeah. up on the road? A whole lot of work. A whole lot of work. We had rehearsals like a million, zillion, trillion rehearsals. Particularly before the beacon, right? Because yeah. you gotta you play 150 different songs. Over the oh course. yeah, yeah. And lock in too, just like learning a whole album. And we, it's not the first time we do that. This is a thing. Like they'll just tribute something. Yeah. So that's the other thing. It's like through these. You know, we've we've had a lot of losses this year, and it seems like on the road when there's a loss like that, you guys immediately pop out a tribute song, and that's right. something that's like maybe not have been played before. Right. Yeah. We practice a lot. We, what's the uh, what's it like on the road though? Do you have rehearsals every day on the road at yep. the uh, venues? The and sound check is basically rehearsal. Yeah. So we kind of rehearse every day. Who's who's the musical director? Derek. Yeah. And he's pretty low key. But he yeah. gets across what he wants to get across in yeah, a low key fashion. He's, he's got a style. He's got a low key style. But it's it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the subtlest glance out of Derek is like you know, especially when you tours all the jam when you go to the next section of a song and he does like the littlest thing and you guys are all right on it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah he's what was cool. last night's show at the Beacon? What 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 sticks out in your mind? Oh, it was awesome. Friday well we've been doing we did some new songs. We did um we did some songs from Lock In. Then we had Junior Max sat in with us, and Excellent. that was awesome. He you know, we always have right? special guests. We have secret guests at the Beacon all the time, so he mm-hmm. was one. And we'll have some more next week. Well, now that Trey played with you at Lock In, is he going to show up at the Beacon, maybe? I, if I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> well, this won't come off last <laughs> So how was uh, no, it? <laughs> well, how was it locking? I mean, yeah, how was yeah. he as uh, to rehearse with? And what did you think uh, of his input? He was great. He was great. He was so happy. Everybody was happy. And we're all friends. We've been friends since before, so we knew each other. Sure. And it was great. It was fun. It was great to watch him watch Derek play. Uh, yeah, he was so happy to watch both. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> he was happy. Yeah. It was good. It was good, and he played great too. Yeah. It's his really birthday good. today, fifty-five. Oh, that's right. Why doesn't Daryl play? Uh, Derek play that um, gold laptop that's a couple serial numbers away from Dwayne's, and he bought laptop? it about four years ago. Um, flat top. Yeah, special occasions. He bought it, but it, and he doesn't play it much nah, at all. Huh? How many know, times he, have you seen him play it? There had to be some special deal. So that's quite a nod to to Trey. Not only that he busted that out, but he played on the record that. Essentially, Derek's named after, right? Or the exactly, band. exactly. That is who he's named after. That's what he told us. And you, go ahead. No, keep on. You got well, it. Well, another thing about Lockin. Do you remember that moment when Branford Marsalis came on stage and oh. surprised Kofi? Can you tell that oh, story? Oh, that was the best ever in the world. That was one of the top moments of my life. Only because I grew up listening when I started to do jazz. I mean, he's one of the first people, sure. you know, went and Well, you were a TV guy, so you saw him on the Tonight <laughs> yeah, Show. Yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm older than that. When I was watching TV, he was, <laughs> he wasn't on Tonight Show yet. Tonight Show was when I was in college. I'm giving away my age right now. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, no, went and won Marcellus, Brantford Marcellus. I mean, when I first started listening to jazz, it was like Miles Davis, John Coltrane. And at that time in the 80s and 90s, the, the modern people were went and, and Branford Marcellus. So I totally I, I was for out. sure you are going to say Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> well, him too. I'll tell you, the one jazz band I followed around, like I do was some of these rock bands, was uh, Robert Hurst, Kenny Kirkland, Jeff Ting Watts, and Branford. That yeah. quartet was that absolutely band was sick. Killer. Crazy people music. Killer. I mean, yeah. I mean, they kept it going because, like, when Winton and Branford split, Winton went more institutional. Mm, yeah, right. And Branford kept it like cutting edge. I always find myself more in the Branford 
mind frame. It was like that in college and whatnot. There was, like you said, when it was all education, it was all very much. You got to know these names. You got to know these scales. Right. And I'm just like, I just want to feel. Can I play what I feel? <laughs> yeah, man. Witten got a bad rap on that though. He's not the tightwad that people make him out. It's more obvious he's actually now. Cool off the scene. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's super cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to hear him play gospel. Yeah. You heard that record? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, he had some words for me too when I played with. T- I used to play with Tang. And that's how me and Branford got cool. But first, we weren't cool because when I first was, I was young and I was crazy and I was like, yeah. Wait, you, that, that, you were different when you were younger? But yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, I'm still crazy. I was even crazier. Okay, you're not <laughs> crazy now. You're controlled crazy Yeah, I'm now. controlled crazy. I was out of control crazy then. <laughs> and and Branford doesn't like that, right? Well, he just was trying to tell me stuff and I didn't want to hear nothing. Uh, and so we didn't, it, you know, it was like the... The elder saying something and it's just like, you telling me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. I'm too. I'm young and I'm fine and I'm. And <laughs> so I was like, so we kind of had a butting of the heads initially, and then you know later we we I was less, uh, I was you know less crazy. So you say you think cool. you think maybe there's a little something there that carried over into music in the park there. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. But the Branford thing, seeing him at that day was amazing. And was it planned together. to surprise Kofi? Was it like, or, or just work out that way? Yeah, I think it was surprised. Because Kofi's like, shoot, was an f- incredible Branford fan, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Branford, this Branford. I mean, I, I talked to him about Branford before. Yeah. That's when his hair first poofed out. <laughs> yeah, Kofi's amazing. That was great. Good day. Who were some of your favorite collaborations, either with TTB or without? That was my favorite. For sure, really? with Bradford Marcellus, he just hit the ground running. He's not shy. Derek told us to go. Derek was like, "Go crazy," which which was brings us to what we're gonna do today. Um, uh, it's like a there's a new way of playing. I don't want to say new because that is so lame. Modern but, burnout. No, that, there's a concept that we've been dealing with. Me and Quinn, he's here, and we're gonna play a little bit in a minute. And me and Bradford kind of got to. I introduced him to it. I mean, Derek said, "Go crazy." And so Bradford was like, I'm going to follow you. And so generally when two people play together, it's like, like, you know, like a battle, like yeah. a, yeah, a, a call a and response. Call response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, you I play it. and then you play. Sometimes people are trying to top each other. Right. You know, I play something, I play something even higher and louder. Generally is what happens when people play together. So, But when me and Bradford went out there, he was like, I'm going to follow you. And I was like, yo, let's play at the same time that's a new kind of thing that we're working huh. on i call it telepathy like playing at the same time together is yes yeah, so when it locks it locks and exactly. it's just like, yeah. we're gonna do something for you in a minute and right. a gallery 992 right yeah gallery we 992 s- we see a lot of that there yeah i sure. mean that's the home of it <laughs> so are you doing it with the snarky guys yeah just a couple weeks ago it's a thing it's a it's a it's a thing we're and me and Quinn. Please introduce Quinn, and before and then we'll go to to, to a piece. Yeah, I got my friend, my Quinn Mason here. It was, a, it was a dear master friend of mine, and we've been playing together for a lot of years. And I I don't know if it's just because we play together a lot, but we started to develop a kinship inside of music where we can it's telepathy, and we can play. Sometimes we can play the exact same thing at the same time. It happens, um, but we. It's a constant conversation. It's it's one voice, 
between the two of us. And we do it with other people, too. Like you said, you, sn- you saw it at the gallery because it's something that can be tapped into. So, um, so it's, is it tapping into something else? You, is, do you feel it's like you both are just channeling a, a voice that's not of each other, exactly. that's of something else? Yeah, we're all sitting here in this room right now, so we're all one thing. And we all can tap into what's happening right now in this moment. And in music, it can be expressed. We don't have to have to know, have a previous song or anything previous. If we're all right here together. Mm-hmm. If, but, you know. Yeah, but then that also kind of like, if we all spoke different languages, came from different backgrounds, the whole deal, and then we just sit here and we play music, that we could find that and actually communicate better through that music Absolutely. than we could with our words. Absolutely. Music is a language, the universal language. Yeah. All right, well, let's set up for the piece, but then I do have questions about that style of playing for, yeah. for later. And again, if you are listening while we're getting set up here, which you'll go jump right in, 243-725, Music in the Park. Text Music in the Park to 243-725. So here we go. Live at Diamond Street Studios in duo format, Kebby Williams and Quinn Mason. <laughs> how you can make that work because you each have thoughts of where you want it to go and what you're thinking about playing next but but then you also have to be listening carefully to what the other guy's doing and react in a in a second yeah quick second i don't know is that is that mic still hot yeah it's hot he's good tell us about the thinking behind that and how 
it's it, 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 it's indicative that you have to find players like Quinn who are gifted that way, not just as players, but as listeners and as, you know, someone who can bring you ideas and like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, telepathy is the best word I can use to describe it. Um, <clears throat> and it's listening. You know, it's, it's, it's not it's not a lot of preconcept. I mean, it can't be. Um, it ha- it's, it's right there in the spot. It's just so quick. Well, would you say that you know kind of where he's going to go so that you can bring it, you, you know, he's kind of, not at all? Seth's asking Quinn, and Quinn says no. It's totally reactive. It's not pre, it's not like, okay, I think Quinn's going to do this. Like, I'm not thinking that. But what about feel? Like, you guys play together so often that you kind of, is it like a, it's almost like muscle memory. Well, yeah, but it's no premeditation. I mean, yes, we do know each other, and we have played for years. But it's, there's no premeditation whatsoever. But when I see you at Gallery 992, or is it, am I supposed to say 992? Is that the proper way? However you want to say it. <laughs> but you had like six, seven, eight, nine musicians doing it. I mean, I would think one bad cook can spoil. And it whole. totally can. Yeah, you remember they kicked me out. That's right. <laughs> That's not allowed back. <laughs> They send Seth to Gallery 8 something. <laughs> they send you to Gallery 420. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a bunch of long, aimless, noodling jams, right? I mean, that's really what it is all about. So if someone is not connected, I mean, it's like we all suck. I mean, so everybody has to be connected. And then when you have three or four or five people that can can do it, it's just, it's just amazing, you know. And, and we kind of trick people into it at the gallery. Like, you walk into our little, oh, right this way, guys. And then Which next a lot of them know, are younger, too. So that's the thing. That, that was my big takeaway the first time I walked into the gallery, 992, is, wow, where are these young musicians coming from? Like, I thought I know music in Atlanta. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, Holy shit! These cats can fucking cook. Yeah. Where did where did they come from? Like, yeah. Where yeah. did you find Quinn? Uh, in space. <laughs> 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 you know, I think we met on a. Oh, we met. Oh, this is a great story. I think we met on a wedding band gig or something. <laughs> yeah, we all like, had tuxedos on. And we were trying to comb my hair to look neat and whatever. <laughs> Bow ties and patent leather shoes, dance moves, Mustang wow. Sally. That's the gig we met on. Yeah, and, uh, and then we just were on. The, we were in the van talking, and they were all talking about goofball stuff. And then so one of us mentioned something like uh, Albert Eiler or Ornette Coleman or something. He was like, "What?" And then we kept kept the names coming. Archie Shep, what? Uh, what what cold train you like the later one like when he was you know, on what like, nice. <laughs> you know? so we just started talking and then we got together off of that scene and we've been hitting ever since but when you're in a, vet, a gig like that which you probably don't play him too much anymore but are you ever tempted to just rip, <laughs> rip off into cold train land or something in the middle of it and have you we done do, it we do it you do <laughs> at my wedding it would be allowed <laughs> at my next wedding <laughs> yeah and what's you know, his name you know, you get the like two bar sax solo on one of the songs from the fifties or something like that, and everybody's already drunk anyway. So yeah. Like <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> uh, these are a few of my favorite improvisations. <laughs> All right, well, cool. You want to play one more? Sure. Music in the Park ATL.org. And Seth, tell them. You can text Music in the Park to 243 725 for a chance to win a lot of shit. 
And if you live in Atlanta or if you're like me within a you know, six-hour drive of Atlanta, you really need to come to this festival. Musicintheparkatl.org. All right. Once again, live and from Diamond Street Studios in duo format, Kebby Williams and Quinn Mason. Thank <laughs> you. 